Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. Town Brewing, dude. Welcome to the town. Cheers. This is one of your favorite beers. One of my favorite beers and one of my uh, most beloved brewers. I used to live closer in this neighborhood. Haven't been here in a while since I moved a little further away. West Side. Some things fell through, but uh, I love coming here and we had to come tonight because we love racking up new places. And for me, it's a return to form with one of my favorite beers. It's tough to say, we still haven't done beers of the season. Beers of the season is on the way for sure. Uh, this might be a late, this is a late run entry to get into the beers of the season. I'm drinking a Lucid Dreams, Town Brewing Lucid Dreams, one of the best pale ales in the city. You described it as we were drinking one earlier, John, as silky. Yes. But I like also the bite that it gives you at the roof of your mouth when you first drink it. So it's that combo, it's that sweet bipolarization of, of, of uh, what you want, you know, extremes, the ups and downs. It's perfect for a show like this where we've been riding the ups and downs, riding the damn wave all year. I'm just glad to be at a new brewery because the best part about Charlotte is you can just, we can do a million episodes yeah. and probably find a new spot. Yeah. And as the years roll on, new breweries were open. So it's, it's, it's fun to be here. This is one of the only places I've ever done axe throwing before. I've never done the axe throwing here. Tell me what it's like. Uh, it, it, they don't have it here full time, but they brought like a truck okay. and parked it out front here for one of their anniversary parties. And axe throwing is not as, as, as easy as you think it'd be. Oh, freaking axe. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We are still, uh, the, the mission is still to get us down to uh, South Carolina at some point. Shout out to Level Up Luke, who keeps inviting us down there. <laughs> that dream will never die, for sure. You, you, it's hard to get me down to Valentine. You might not get me to South Carolina. According to Luke, it's only like uh, an extra three or four minutes down, down 77 and, and, and two more exits. So you never know. But we do love the West End, the South End, the North End. The, haven't been into the East End that much either, have we, really? So On the East Side? There's not much yeah. happening on the East Side, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like you think about, I, I would almost consider Plaza almost East Side. It's right. like Northeast Side. Yeah. Yeah. In the plaza. It's the gateway to the east side, for sure. Yeah, get out there kind of towards the 485 loop. Plaza, Plaza's going to change when those parking garages come in. It's going to be a whole new world out there, for sure. Who knows what the future holds for Charlotte? There's cranes everywhere. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. We're going to talk about soccer on this episode. And the reason why is because it's a match week. And it's a big match week for a local club. Playoffs, baby. The Charlotte Independence Saturday night on ESPN Plus against the South Georgia Tormenta. Tormenta. Not Georgia, South Georgia. I mean, what is this? The SEC? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, these are Auburn fans, the Tormenta, for sure. They, uh, they're a, a decent squad. Tormenta coming off a win. I don't care. I don't want to know their history. <laughs> you don't want the scouting report? No, I, I don't want Bob, the Tormenta yeah, hey. scouting report. What I want to know is, and what, what my honest thought is, and I'm curious, and this is where I'm going to ask you about this, my honest thought about the Charlotte Independence right now is that this team could go on a run because the roster is infused with MLS players. Yeah. And they're in USL 1. Yeah, I mean, they snuck into the playoffs, right? It's sixth spot. Six points out of first, though. They just barely got in the playoffs, but they're only six points out of first place. That's how tight it is at the top of the USL League One standings. So I would say it's anybody's game. From the Independence match, I wish I could have gotten out to more. I streamed a lot more than I did last year, though, uh, matches. So I I tried to show love to the Independence. The one time I did get out to a game was amazing. And maybe, you know, maybe they'll 
get me out back out there one more time, depending on how things break. I don't, I don't know if they can get any more home field advantage, but uh, what I would say is the team is good. The, the team is good. They can easily go on a run. They have they have the, the MLS infusion you mentioned, the goalkeeper's MLS levels, and Dejas, he, he's a, a Charlotte FC player. They got Koa Santos, the fla- the pride of Hawaii. Chris know? Hagar. Yeah, Chris. I mean, Chris Hagar basically does whatever he wants out there. Like, uh, Who knows if Chris Hagar can be as good for FC as, as ever as he is for Independence, but when Chris Hagart's out there for Charlotte Independence, he's like bossing the game and like and like dominating. It's so fun to watch, especially when you know his story and everything he's fought through to get to become a professional soccer player. I'm st- whether or not he'll be a great MLS or not, I'm still really optimistic and excited to see him play at the keep at some point in the next year or two. Uh, but he's doing big things for the Independence and your boy, Oberton. The, the man, Gavi. <laughs> yeah, the man you wish, the man you f- made a case for, you fought for earlier this spring. And you said I, we should go back, and uh, I would love to go back and hear exactly what you said. But you made strong. You said that he needed to be part of Charlotte FC's I, plans. He I, didn't end up that way, but I, the reason why I thought that, and the reason why I still think that he could be in the future. Will he be in the future? No. But but why do I think he could be in the future part of this squad? Is because he offers a veteran presence that someone like Christian Fuchs does. Now, the question becomes, is Christian Fuchs still a part of this <laughs> squad? So we're going to get into that. There's a, there's a huge independence match. We're going to talk about the MLS Cup playoffs as well. As we're recording this, Philadelphia Union hosting FC Cincinnati. It's El Trafico this evening. By the time you listen to this episode, you'll know both results there. So looking ahead to um, the rest of the MLS Cup playoffs on Saturday, is it Danny Bramps? Sunday? When is the rest of the playoffs here? Uh, Hold on, I had it. I had it's a, on I Sunday. Had the schedule called up. And I it's missed it's it. yeah, on exactly. Sunday. It's on Sunday. Uh, yeah. and, and I don't understand. Austin plays Dallas. I don't I understand the the gap between a Thursday night match day and a Sunday match day. I'll let MLS explain that to me. But it's Montreal and New York City FC. Yeah, the third. These games are the teams that the first. This is the teams that had buys are getting involved. LAFC and Philadelphia had first round buys, so they're getting to play their first matches of the playoffs tonight, basically, and that's why. Yeah, but it's still the same round. My point is, it's still the same round. The right, Thursday so, and yeah, Sunday. So why, why so far? Well, they're, maybe they're scared of college football and they don't want to be on Friday night with the playoffs. I don't know. Yeah, so let's just play at one o'clock on Sunday. Nothing else is happening there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would you rather go, if go against college football or NFL? I think I think that's an easy answer. Good call. Montreal, New York City, Austin FC versus Dallas. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Apple can fix that next year. They, they they've claimed to have fixed the the regular season scheduling. Hopefully, they can do the same for postseason. And it's a huge Premier League weekend as well. Uh, the run-up to the World Cup is here. So there's so much soccer happening uh, these days, even though Charlotte FC is, is no longer on the pitch. And this this has turned into an off-season show for, for Charlotte FC. So what that means is, is some off-season storylines are, are starting to develop. Player options. Signings. A, a big, big news story this week for people who are very close to the club. Player options have been exercised. Right. Daniel I, Rios, I, his option has been exercised. Christian Fuchs, his option has not been exercised. <laughs> Harrison Affel, his option has not been exercised. Thank you for your services, gentlemen, but we'll decline the option to bring you back next year at the same rate. We'd love to keep talking. Let, let's keep talking. Christian, Harrison, let, let's talk about where we're at and see if we want to go forward. But the options picked up. You know, you mentioned Danny Rios, obviously. He 
almost played his way into a brand new, like even bigger contract, but he got his option picked up. We got Gaines, who I think is a budding superstar in this league. We got Derek the Destroyer, Iron Fist, Velvet Glove, got his option picked up, had a great finish to the season. Looks like he could become a very important defensive stalwart. And then we, they picked up the option on George Marks, which is nice to see. Georgie started the season as the backup goalkeeper, eventually did get passed by Pablo once Pablo got some of his injury issues cleared up and, and was able to like show out in training at the skills that he has. And so George eventually went from number two to number three option, but he, he got it done. He served us. He, he had some big saves against Chelsea, and he he did have some nice looks in the action that he was able to get in the regular season. A couple times he deputized for Kalina, so that was nice. And I think George is young. George is so young, he could be a big part of the future of this club, or he could just keep developing under these two really good goalkeepers, and then we sell him off at some point for, for some nice money. So good, good to pick up an option. And the club's doing big things. Uh, Here's what I want to draw a distinction, because the other thing, I know you're about to tee up, we're going to talk about some rumors, and we will, but what do you think is more important, the rumors or the uh, the actual hard news we got about options being picked up and things we can actually plan on? You know my answer to this. It's it's the hard news, it's the option decisions, right. and because the, the transfer rumor mill is, is going to be... Right. At a high pace, all the way through the end of January. That's like the candy. The transfer rumors are the candy, but the the uh, extending McKenzie Gaines, or not not an extending, but you know, picking up an option on McKenzie Gaines who's like a growing, what I think a potential superstar in this league with the way he's uh, developed his end product. You, you said superstar twice now. Yeah, I'll say and, it again. And it's not not and, the last time. And we've got to address this. You really think that McKenzie Gaines could be an MLS Dude, superstar? You, yeah, I do, because because I think he's got that one special thing. Uh, blinding speed that is like elite, elite, untrainable, better than almost anyone in the league. He's he's he could be one of the fastest men in MLS easily. Like I'd love to see the official stats. He's be, he would get my vote if we were doing a poll for sure. So you got that. And our biggest criticism of him always was, oh, the end product. He doesn't know what to do. He gets into the ball in good space and doesn't know what to do with it. But he found a way like to know what to do with it. The only thing that knocked him out of the starting 11 at the end of the year was an injury. It was the injury that knocked him like to the point where he wasn't starting. And I know like everyone liked the way Yusviak and Vargas ended the year on the wings, but Gaines was in there starting until he got hurt. And he and when he came back, he they kind of had him as a sub role for the last few matches of the year, and he delivered results. He had decisive actions, getting assists, like pinpoint crosses. What I'm saying is the 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 improvement in his crossing he, he took his, so his elite skill was speed, right? His yes. elite trait. So he took his crossing from like a, a D to like a, a B plus. And like, like he puts pinpoint crosses in there. Like he's well above average. I'm not saying he'll ever be an elite uh, servicer from the wings, but he's like better than average now. So you mix that with the elite speed. I just think, I think he's got all the tools. Like I, I just imagine him just blowing by defenders all year next year and setting up assist after assist after assist. I, I, Maybe I'm being a little too optimistic, but I think superstar is not the wrong uh, standard to shoot for when you're talking about gains developed. The best part is that he's 24 years old, right. that he'll turn 25 in March of, of next year, which to me means that picking up this option, having McKenzie Gaines part of this program, I've got no problem with you saying that superstar is the ceiling. Now, does he get there? I think it has a lot to do with the players around him. Does he have the freedom within Christian Latanzio's system to play in that role? Does he get the minutes? 
is he afforded the opportunity to become that? And to me, that's the part of it. Yeah, sure, Mackenzie Gaines. He's he's a he's a heck of a soccer player. He's a professional soccer player in MLS that has elite speed. Now he's not selecting the eleven. He's not <laughs> deciding whether he gets to roam down the right-hand side and just own an opponent. You know who gets to decide that? Interim boss Christian Latanzio. Who, by the way, <laughs> still has not signed right, right. a full-time contract. He will be interim manager Christian Latanzio until he is no longer interim manager Christian Latanzio for sure. All I can say is this. Go back and watch. You, the, the, unfortunately, because it's sub, unfortunately or fortunately, because it's substitute action, you really don't have to watch too much, but just watch every touch that he made in the last five matches of the season and watch the pinpoint crossing the crossing on a dime right at guys' feet he picked like for a guy who for the points that we will always remember considered dropped in Colorado when Gaines like was wrongly selfish and didn't make the cross to the point where he is now where some of the crosses he put in for some of these late assists late in the season I, I'm just blown away I, I'm blown away maybe I'm Maybe I'm crazy, you know. No, you're not crazy. Maybe I'm. Maybe you know. Maybe you're I just not, want crazy. crazy to be want, my friend. No, so, I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I love the idea of yeah. having a star American on our right, squad right. Yeah, in his exactly. mid twenties yeah. who is making things happen right. down right. the wing. It's right. exciting. It's fun to think about the squad, the future of the squad. It's it's fun to think about Addison. Uh, Melanda, Melanda course, in yeah. the back. It's fun to think about Brant Bronny, bro. It's fun, right. fun to think about Derek Jones. It's fun to think about Mackenzie Gaines. And that's the point of talking about these options. It's understanding who is going to be here. Right. Who is who, who, What this squad is going to look like in year two. And whether Christian Fuchs and Harrison Affle are a part of this remains to be seen. If you were Zoran Crenetta, if you were Christian Latanzio, how would that conversation happen? Do you think that you try to work a deal to get both these players back into the system, or is their time here in Charlotte over? I have to think that Harrison Affle is not coming back. I would be extremely surprised, unless the number is just so favorable to the club that and he can't, you know, get a contract anywhere else. I just, I don't see Harrison Affle coming back because he doesn't have a, really a place. Like, he's been replaced by Byrne. He got to play in the same lineups with Byrne a few times by going over to the other side, but like we're going to be bringing a new left back is one of our biggest priorities. His guaranteed compensation last year was three hundred and thirty-two thousand dollars, which, right, in the grand scheme of professional sports, probably isn't a lot, but for an aging backup mm-hmm. fullback, right probably right. want to cut that number in half. Because it should be Lindsay behind Byrne, and Mora, I believe we st- you know, still under contract. Mora, I would love to be a backup for a new left back next year. And so it's like, do you even bring Fuchs back at that point? Where, where does Fuchs fit? Because Mora, overall, I, I've talked a lot of trash on Jog and Joe Mora all season, but like, he st- wasn't as... And Fuchs... Re- the problem is that when Joe jogs... And Fuchs sprints, they're going at about the same speed. <laughs> That's the problem. You know, like, like Fuchs, I never question his effort whatsoever. I just question his ability at this point. And, like, I still think he's someone who's still served up some, even in his darkest days, he served up some beautiful balls. He's, he's got talent and class just oozing from, from everywhere that is possible. You know, you know, I think he, I believe he's committed to Charlotte. I, he, he served the role of club captain well. He had his own brew uh, made here uh, at Resident Culture, the Zero Fuchs Given. 
He embraced the independence. He, he did every all the right things. Well, let's let's but it's time let's, to move on. Let's let's time to move on. Okay, so there it is. It, 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 you finally said it <laughs> after that long soliloquy. Hey, soliloquy is our us, man. I mean, that, that's what I do here. I'm drinking fucking uh, lucid dreams, man. I'm just having some loose. I'm having a semi lucid dream about Charlotte FC, Mackenzie Gaines. <laughs> taking us to MLS Cup glory just with his pinpoint crosses in wide open space that he ran into no one could get to. We talked about Mackenzie Gaines, you know, turning 25 this year. Christian Fuchs next season would turn 37. What? Okay, so I, I, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going no to both. I say no to both unless we get, like, the most insane, like, like $85,000 a year at the, instead of three hundred. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that's – Harrison's not going to take that, so – would Christian Latanzio bring on Fuchs as an assistant coach? Should he do that? So I don't know. Their, I truthfully, I can't claim to be an insider on their relationship, so I don't know. I do know that Fuchs spoke very highly of him when he got the interim job, and he's in public. He's the, it, From what they publicly say about each other, they seem to, to be on the same wavelength. So if I'm Latanzio, I'm like not necessarily wanting to bring in someone who's going to challenge me for, the, for sort of my authority. But if I'm confident that Fuchs is comfortable in that, you know, assistant coach, learning how to be a coach in training instead of player and is actually going to commit himself to that and not try to be some type of you know, divisive influence or anything like that, then yeah, of course I would. Because I think his connection to the community is real enough and his familiarity with all these players, he can communicate with all these guys pretty well. So it strictly is a matter of does Latanzio trust that it's not a threat, then yeah, keep him around as a coach. But what Fuchs, does Fuchs want to be an assistant? I get the feeling like Fuchs wants to be one of these guys who just goes and becomes a head coach somewhere. You know, and like think of like, like, uh, like he, where? Like uh, the English Championship or something like that, or maybe even the English no Second chance. Division. That's not happening without any experience. You can't get, you, you can't get a, a job in the English Championship without ever being a coach. You have to at least be a... Tell that to Frank Lampard. <laughs> Tell that to Wayne Rooney. You know what those two guys have in common? They're English. <laughs> Great point. Great point. Great point. Fair point. Indeed. Yeah, you made it. You said it all there. I mean, like, you, like yes, they're going to be outliers. But in the English championship, I just... I, I, I think that if I... If, if, if Christian Fuchs does want to continue his career in soccer... Clearly, he has his academy. You, that's exactly, you took the words right out of mouth. I was going to mention the academy. He wants to influence kids. Mm -hmm. He wants to teach kids how to play the game. And I think that the perfect next step for him would to, to be with, to stay with Charlotte FC, being an assistant to Christian Latanzio, and eventually get a job as a head coach somewhere. I think that would put him on the path to leave this club and then think you're going to go get it. Get a head co coaching job? Mm -hmm. if, if that's possible, you know what? Go for it. But I wouldn't hire him. I want to hear I want to hear from the TFOs on this, for sure, because I think most agree with you. I, I would think most people are in that same mindset that you just described, and I would love to hear you know response to this when we when we put some of this stuff out on social. Get, get, get at us about that, for sure. Which, by the way, I, I haven't mentioned our tremendous friends of the show, which we put out a call for some questions on the podcast uh, tonight, and, of course, um, a lot of you have come through. So we're going to do that later on the show. We're going to answer uh, Michael Volak's questions, James Paul Perez, Elevation Jones. Everybody's here as well. Oh, look, there's a question from who? John Hayes. It says, <laughs> what is the record number of beers Danny Rams has consumed during a podcast recording? 
that the answer to that is are we counting the post like do the post recording beers yes. when we stick around last because I'll tell a story and it's it's an apropos story real quick if we can just answer should I save it for the for no. later no, 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 I'll no, tell no, it right yeah, now yeah. okay so to answer one fan, uh, TFO's question in advance let me just say that it's a cold night here in Charlotte the 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 temperature has turned it is definitely fall season now here finally in late October and we're we're having it here on the patio at Town Brew and have a good time kind of heating it up with the chatter but it's it, we're we're both kind of like shaking around here so so I'm sitting here what all I can think about is my favorite hoodie that I lost at a recording session of the Charlotte Soccer Show when we went to Heist, if you remember. Oh, yeah. Early, it was late spring. It was pre-summer, late spring. I, we went to Heist, one of the best recording sessions that we've had. We we got lit up. Like, that was one of the ones I had to Uber home and, uh, <laughs> and go get my car again later. And I, we moved, you remember, we set up in one spot of Heist and we like had a few drinks and then like we we're like ah oh, we can't really record in this spot and they led us into that back room and they gave they started like pumping beers into us it was great but i accidentally left my favorite hoodie at the first spot we had set up on like i pulled it around one of the bar stools and it's it's just a great hoodie that was like never too hot never too cold it always warmed me up on a cold day and it was kept me perfect on a warm day so like it was just a nice thin like fleece hoodie awesome zip up and i left it at heist and I got home, and when I went to get my car, they weren't open. And I, I just, I when I by the, and I called them, and I, I was like, "Do you have a hoodie?" And they're like, "Nah, man, we don't know what you're talking about." So I really wish I had that hoodie right now. And that is the answer to the most beers I've ever consumed at a recording session, which got me so effed up that I, I forgot like what this prized possession, which was, if I had to put a number on it, I would say nine, probably. I think nine is about right. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was right there with you on <laughs> yeah. that day as well. Yeah. I, I thought that that's what your answer would be, and uh, <laughs> what a memory that was, and what, what, a, what a great time that was. So, the, people, the people of Heights treated us way too well. Yeah, quote-unquote so, memory. <laughs> so so if, you're, if you're a fan of the show, a tremendous friend of the show, go back to that episode and listen to the first 10 minutes, then listen to the last 10 minutes, <laughs> and see if, if we sound any different. Yeah, there were long breaks <laughs> between segments. <laughs> on, that, on that podcast. So uh, we've addressed the, the player option pickups, which I think was, to me, the official start of the offseason. Yeah. Let's make some roster moves. Yeah. Let's decide who's going to be here definitely yeah. next year. Let's decide what we're going to do with, with Harrison Affle and Christian Fuchs. If, That's still up for grabs. If your option doesn't get picked up, if you're Fuchs or Affle, do you have to still go to like the extra running sessions that Latonsky was talking about, the, the OTAs? Because I'm like, oh. Hell no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm coming if you're paying yeah, me. Exactly. Is, is that. So some, some other transactional news about transfer rumors. These rumors have cut through the Charlotte FC fan base because because the fan base finished the season so hungry, mm-hmm. so excited right. for soccer. Right. All of a sudden, you're starting mm-hmm. to see these reports about strikers, about offensive players, about, yeah. about I, I believe it was a player from River Plate. Yeah, Juan Quintero. In South America. Yeah, a, 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 a Colombian to merge with Kerwin Vargas, maybe. You get some... The transfer tag on that is what? Synergy going it, I read $10 million. The $10 million was the tag on Copetti. Copetti is a so there's two guys. Okay. There's Enzo okay. Copetti who plays for Racing Club. Okay. Rossing Club. Sorry if, if I'm being <laughs> a little more uh, precise. Rossing Club has had a great like year and a half, and Copetti's been a big part of that. He he's a, he's kind of a target striker slash winger. He's he's kind of like a Shin Yashiki type, really, to be honest. Maybe slightly more skilled. Who knows? Although Andre's really great, obviously. So Copetti is young. He's got an interest in Italy. 
he can be, you know, he's, there's some lower level Serie A clubs that are also uh, in for the bidding on him. And what, what was the rumor that came out was that Charlotte had made contact with Rossing Club and Copetti's price tag was put at around the 10 million mark. So, and that there were, you know, Charlotte was one of, that Charlotte, I think Bologna and, and one other Italian club were like kind of in the mix. And to me, that's just like, you got to figure. Zorn, Zorn and Christian already told us that they were going to be making calls all over the world in this time period. So, like, obviously, rumors are going to come out. Do I think we're going to get Enzo Capetti? No, I don't think we will. I don't think so either. Yeah. A ten million dollar price tag. Yeah, exactly. I have. Is anyone familiar with the person that owns this franchise? <laughs> right, right, like, exactly. Yeah, he's still got to pay Matt Rule to not coach the NFL team. So, which uh, is yeah. forty million dollars, yeah, by exactly. the way. So. I think Carroll was five, right? Carroll was like a $5 million transfer fee, so... Money uh, well spent. Yeah, yeah. So. I, it feels that way, doesn't it? Most definitely, but I don't want to go pay 10 for Enzo Capetti now, the one season later, for sure. But I will say is that in, in, in the thing that really hit home with me during this transfer rumor week of speculation, which is going to continue to happen, and we'll address these things on the show, and the reason why is because... The fan base is aware of these sort of things, and, and we want to cut through and give you a unique perspective on exactly what we think about it and, and the realistic chance of these things happening. But the one thing, aside from a, a player's name, a player's valuation, whether it, other clubs are in on this player or not, the one thing that's, that really stuck out to me when I started to think about, okay, like what should Charlotte FC be prioritizing during this offseason? And there is zero doubt in my mind that it's the striker. And I know that's so easy to say, but with Karol Svodersky moving back into that 10 role, Mm -hmm. into that playmaking role, up top, working off another striker, striker, Danny Rios is that, but who else is there? Well, I mean, Shinya. You know, Shinya Shiki. By the way, I got a robocall from Shinya Shiki this morning urging me to... uh, renew my season tickets so, <laughs> so really? that, that was really interesting yeah I was like who is this number calling me and I pick it up it's like hey this is Andre Shinyashiki from Charlotte FC I was like oh that's okay yeah, I mean when you but, put it that way I like yes I, I I get it I think Shinya and Rios like right but as much Shinya got the new contract Rios got the option picked up but I still don't disagree with you another striker let's put let's put two the thing is I love I love so much. There's so many players I love on Charlotte FC now that I'm like, can we just put like 14 guys on the field just so I can see my favorite players, you know, out there on the pitch? But like, uh, eventually, a lot of the ideas I throw out, we started to run out of room to practically yeah. apply these. But like, let's put two strikers out there in front of Carolyn and have him play just a pure 10. You know, why not? Let's let's see what that looks like. Let's put Carolyn Nuno Santos in the middle together and have them kick it out and, and play Shinya on the wing. You know, like, like I want to see all this stuff happen. But I do think another striker just for depth. Copetti, I think, would fill that role. Like I said, he's like a, a Shinya on steroids. He's also Copetti got really high praise from Latoro Martinez. If you're familiar with world soccer, of course, yeah. He's like a starter on the Argentinian national team. Latoro plays for Inter Milan, right. I believe, and he, he's like, uh, if he still does, and he's like, uh, he had a bunch of quotes saying, "Oh yeah, Enzo, Enzo is following in my footsteps. He's doing all the right things to step up," because Latoro was a Rossing club legend before he went over to Italy. So like. There's that. The River Plate player you mentioned is a midfielder. Juan Fernando Quintero, Juanfer they call him. And he's like, 
he's a Colombian. He's a little bit of a hothead. Uh, this is not me stereotyping. He actually got a red card for shoving a ref in the last match. <laughs> like, like he uh, doesn't he, bother me. Yeah, he's he's facing like a one year ban, I think. So that might be why Perfect. he's trying to get Perfect. Come on up. Yeah, come on up to MLS. League. Yeah. So uh, you know, our uh, Argentinian hothead. Oh, he's Colombian, but you know, yes, hotheads from the Argentinian league have done okay in MLS history. If you think of guys like Emmanuel Reynoso and whatnot, so <laughs> who knows? But he's 29 is my only issue with the Juan Fercantero rumor, and that was, again, that's just a rumor, and that's like that was just a rumor that was was like kind of name dropped on like a uh, Colombian soccer podcast that was like talking about like Colombian players all around the world and like. Yeah, this guy is facing a big suspension. River, he's got to go somewhere. Uh, MLS, Charlotte FC. They're you know they probably saw the the Copetti rumor and like oh we'll just drop that team as an MLS team to for this guy. So like you have to parse these rumors. I I really don't. I think that we're the Copetti thing. Even though I don't think it ends up happening, was real. You know we saw the screenshot where he followed Charlotte FC on Instagram. I'm sure conversation was had. Yeah. Contero feels like just pure speculation on the point on the part of some sources in Colombia that were just kind of throwing shit at the wall. So. It's exciting and yeah. it's a word of caution. Don't believe everything you see <laughs> yeah, on exactly. social media for the don't next believe, couple months. Don't believe every emoji that gets tweeted out by Top Band 90 and you'll be alright. <laughs> Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. Follow us on Twitter at For The Crown baby we're going to be hanging out with you throughout this entire offseason answering your listener questions. Got a lot of content to do the World Cup. Uh, just about a month away at the time of this recording. Amazingly, yeah. It's it's an exciting time of the year and... Yes, it's going to be a controversial World Cup. Let's yeah, just let's just yeah. let's just call when, it what when, it is. When are we going to do the uh, should I boycott the World Cup episode? Probably never. Let's be honest. You, you're going to have to make that decision for yourself. We can't guide you there, but there's controversy for sure. Just just, <laughs> but it's the World Cup. Do yourself a favor. If you are flying to Qatar for the World Cup, don't bring any booze from the duty free. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. you're not going to be able to bring it into the country. And when you get there and you go into their drinking zones. Don't get too drunk because if you do, they're going to take you into this drunk tank zone. And when you go into that drunk tank zone, you may never come back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be content to watch this one on TV. Charlotte Soccer Show. Follow me, John Hayes, on air. Follow Danny Brams as well, at Danny Brams. We're pumped to be here at town. The beer is is absolutely fantastic. Uh, we're going to come back on the other side of this break. We're going to answer your tremendous friends of the show question. Uh, appreciate you. And... One other thing, Danny Rams, that we have to do, we have to update our brackets. Danny yeah. brackets, not in first place. Somebody, somebody went one hundred percent. Our boy, the the other pride of Hawaii, Kevin. Kevin five and two. Yeah, exactly. One hundred percent made it happen. We we both uh, missed one matchup, but we're gonna give you an update on that. Anything my, else? My only loss was in penalty kicks. I feel like I should get half points for that. But. Anything else on our on our rundown tonight that we need to get to? Yeah, well, we what we'll do is we'll, we'll after we break down the MLS Cup, we'll give a quick preview of our World Cup fantasy game and talk a little bit about Swiderski and Camille both making the preliminary World Cup list of participants in camp for uh, for Poland. Which you know, shouts to Camille, that's better than I thought he was going to do. So we'll see if he actually makes the final roster for Cotter, but. Uh, it's nice to know that both those guys will be training with their national team for the next little bit. Charlotte Soccer Show, hit us up on Twitter. Use hashtag for the crown always. We're back after this. Gonna refill our beers and answer your questions on the other side.
All right, we're back inside at Town Brewing. It, it got a little cold outside, Danny Rams. That's why. That's why we're in here tonight, just finishing the show. Yeah, I didn't have my favorite hoodie, so it became a situation of we had to move inside. I, I can't. I can't go out and get a get a. You just got over a cold. I can't go getting a cold. That would be bad karma. No doubt about that. So one thing uh, we're gonna do is answer your questions. And by the way, you know what we found in here, Danny Rams? Found the match. The game is on. Playoff action. Live live update on the pod. No matter what time you're listening to this, you will know that you we are recording it right as the first half comes to an end here in Philadelphia between FC Cincinnati and the Union. Nil nil. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I told you I thought Cincinnati might have a chance to, to put up. This is MLS and, and Philadelphia. Did you pick them? No. Did you pick them in the bracket? Okay. okay. I did exactly. not yeah, pick them yeah. in, in the bracket. And we're going to give you an update on that uh, here at the end of the show. But but first, I, I want you to kind of follow up with the Uzviak news that Poland said, hey, you're part of this preliminary roster. Now, my question to you is, and I'm not sure if you're – in the know on this. I'm not. And that's why I was hoping you would be. It's like, is the preliminary roster like more roster spots than they're going to bring? Yeah, the preliminary roster is not the final roster. By by no means is the is the preliminary the final, for <laughs> sure. Camille is not guaranteed to get to uh, play in, uh, in November and December at all, but... Well, similar, he's not playing either way. Similar to what I said uh, last week about how one of the things I was most excited for was just Carol being in camp with Poland. I, I would extend the same thing to uh, to Camille. I think I think yeah, it can only benefit us. And you know what? I think he owes it. Uh, he cert- okay. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take all the credit away from him because Camille balled out and became the bulldog. He became like he went from being useless react to the bulldog, which is a pretty big feat in, in, in my mind. But he also owes Latanzio some some love for the faith. Because Christian Latanzio never lost the faith in Camille. And you know what that reminds me of? Is that Brant Bronico this week on Charlotte Sports Today yeah. with Will Pelagic and Walker Mail. During that interview, something that Bronny Bro said, Danny Brams, is that Christian Latanzio isn't afraid to play anybody on this roster. Yeah, that was a, that was a standout quote. He's like, "Yeah, he'll play anybody." And we, you and I have like moaned about that like all season. And we're like, "God, this fucking guy." He'll like, play anybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, like that that was cited as a strength by BBB thirteen, and I thought that was really telling quote from uh, Will's interview. It was really good, and like, and that that showed like with the way that he just like kept the faith with Camille. He kept putting him in, even though even Camille was not earning spots. He like. Tried to put him at the ten for a role for a game that didn't work, but he was like, he's like, I'm trying to unlock this kid. He's like, I'm not. E- even when I personally, Danny Brams had completely given up on Camille Usbiak, the team didn't give up on him, and that, that, that's a sign that, you know, as entertaining, as funny, and as brilliant as I am, I'm not right about everything. So what can I say? If you look at one of Camille's final performances of the year against. Red Bulls on the road. He received a 5.8 sofa score rating. It was by by far rated the worst player on the field. He ran out of gas at the end. That being said, he was one of the best against Philly. That being said, I thought that he tried so hard in that game. And this is this is something that has really become apparent to me as a soccer person, as somebody that watches match after match after match after match across so many different leagues. Like, what makes it attractive to me? Like, what makes the game interesting to me? Why is it a beautiful game? 
and it's because of desire. And even though you might not have your best match, if you show that you're going after every ball, you're going after every second ball, that you're going in cleanly in tackles, that you're willing to receive a tackle and get fouled and go down and give your team an opportunity to get a breath. Those are the type of things that Yusviak does well. Right. I mean, take it back to Bronny Bro's goal that was created from a beautiful Christian Fuchs service into the box, an insanely insane back heel from Swiderski to Bronny on the run. Right. But how did that ball get started to get to Fuchs in the first place? It was because of Camille's fight, Camille fighting on the wing to keep a ball alive that he wasn't necessarily a favorite to win. And that kind of that game, that moment kind of spurred in into finding his personality on this team. And think about the the complementary pieces that we have, where you have Yozviak on the left, working his fucking tail off, <laughs> just just bulldogging it. And you've got Gaines on the right, yeah, as a super speed maniac. Yep. And then you've got Svidersky in the middle pulling the strings. Yeah. And Danny Riaz or whoever, Andre Shinyashiki up top, yeah. poaching goals. And then, by the way, Nuno Santos. Right. He's in the mix, too. Kerwin Vargas. Connecting things. In. The future, and, and I don't want to get ahead of myself here. We can do this on another episode. But the way that I feel about this roster construction today compared to how I felt about it eight months ago is much, much better. Right, yeah. It's, well, it's easier to cheer for offense than defense, right? And like eight months ago, our strength was defense, and now our strength is offense. So that, that, that flip-flop explains kind of how, how your well, emotions I, change. I, I, you know, I, I think that's a good point to make, but I'm also a defensive-minded. Remember, when you, when you talk about attitude, when you talk about desire, and when I'm giving Yuzviak that, those, those props, I'm talking about his ability to right. close down. Good point. Right? So when I think about our defense, it's the same thing. Guzman Carujo, who was his partner? Our new signing, Melanda. He's amazing. Yeah. And when Guzman comes back healthy, and those two are our right. every match center back pairing, this team's better. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Waxy, but I think it's the, the truth for sure. But Waxy's good enough to push those guys, too. That's the thing. When Latanzio talked about uh, adding intensity and competition and depth to the squad, that, that's what he's talking about. Is like, And that's what I talk about when I'm like, man, I wish we had 14 places just because I love all these guys. The way the season played out and my love for Charlotte FC just growing deeper and deeper every month as the season progressed, like, it's just hard for me to, like, I, I never did cheer against these guys, but it's not hard for me not to be all in for every single one of them. You know, like I'm all in for Melanda. I'm all in for Karis Wodarski. I'm all in for Nuno Santos, even. I'm all in for Kerwin Vargas, even. You know, like Ashinya, I've always been all in. Rios, we gave him the nickname The Bouncer. We've been that, on that guy since day one. We believed him when no one else did. Like, right. like, I love all these players. And yet at the same time, I understand for us to become even better, we need even more players and more competition and better players and more depth. I've got no problem admitting to you, Danny Brams, that if, if Charlotte FC goes out next season under, and underperforms, does not have a good year too, and can't put the ball in the back of the net, can't finish, I, I'll be disappointed. But the more that I understand myself and how I enjoy the game, 
as long as the players show up, as long as they close down the ball, as long as they are prepared to go the full 90, there's an effort that's involved with this that's intoxicating to me. And that's what I want from this club. And I think that's why ultimately when I want Christian Latanzio to be our full-time manager, when I want him to sign that fucking contract, the reason why is because I know he's going to work these players into the fucking ground. I wouldn't be surprised at this time next season if we were in these playoffs and and we were the most fit team in the league. Because I think that's what Latanzio wants. The reason why we're doing this three-week stretch of practice right now is because he's looking at his guys and saying, yeah. I am molding and, your body. And he was like, "You couldn't." I saw all these guys, you couldn't play three games in a week. You, your third game in a week, you played brilliantly against Philly, you played valiantly against Columbus midweek, and then you absolutely shat the bed against New York Red Bulls uh, in your third game in seven days. He's like, I, we, I need guys that can play three games in, in a week, in seven days. You have to be able to do that, for sure, in this league especially. And I think that's part of an Italian manager's DNA. Yeah. An Italian manager wants you to be able to go full speed for 90 minutes yeah. every match day. Yeah, and I, I think that's what, and I think that's where the, the connection between the fan base and the roster exists, right? They go hard, we go hard. <laughs> Hell yeah. We go well hard, said. they go hard. Well said. Yeah, you're right. That. And speaking of going hard, I, w- I should mention we changed up beers. Well, I changed up beer. You're still drinking the Lucid Dreams, which I completely salute. I had to switch up to the slightly higher ABV, questionable sanity, double West Coast IPA. And uh, I'm not questioning my sanity yet because it's delicious. I questioned your sanity immediately on the show when you said Mackenzie Gaines could be a superstar. <laughs> well, hey, I hope you're right. I will stand on that one. I'll, I, I back down from that one zero percent. How's it taste? The questionable sanity is nice. It's I would it, it, say it's lighter than it, than yeah. I thought it would look. Doesn't have quite the same bite as the Lucid Dreams. It's a little frothier, if that makes sense. It may just that may just be my pour. I'm not 100 sure. A little more head to it on a, on a classic pour than there is on the Lucid, but it's nice. It's going down. It has that same sort of silkiness, but a little higher ABV. So they do it right here at Town Brewing. They know what they're they're doing. This is this is a gem sort of on the uh, on the Moorhead neighborhood. I don't know what this neighborhood's actually called, but Wesley Heights. Wesley Heights. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. T- dock me. Dock me a few points on my Charlotte. Uh, scorecard there for sure for not knowing that but I do love the area I used to live like I said a neighborhood or two away but yeah so everything you said is true and it was like we kind of got ourselves onto a tangent we were kind of talking about the World Cup training bottom line is it's great that Camille and Carol are getting yeah, that experience yeah, yeah. And, circle us back get us back and, on track yeah and, and Camille owes he, he earned it he played his way there but he owes Latanzio uh, some, some credit for, for keeping the faith with him and giving him the chances to show his quality enough to get into that camp for sure I hope that the club understands that there's an opportunity now to sign Latanzio to a full-time deal, use it as PR, use it as marketing to enjoy this moment. Please get it done. Get it over the line. If we do this episode next week and he's still not signed, I'm going to be pissed off. Okay, let's get into the questions. Are you ready, Danny Brams? Let's do it, It's baby. not even rapid fire this week. We got some good ones. We got great questions. Well, one of them I know is about CL's future, so you might as well start with that. 
and I know we've been getting this a lot, actually. With this conversation, beyond just the question tonight, started from our girl Bridget McCall, one of our great TFOs. Yeah. She's awesome. She she keeps the conversation going very nicely on the social scene. And I know and for she's, what it's worth, she's a blessed single. <laughs> I'm not, but you are, Daddy Rams. Hey, come come have a beer, Bridget, anytime for sure. And like, I know she's friends with. I can tell just from like watching the tweet conversation. She's friends with the footballista, who's another great fan of ours and, yeah. and a friend of ours and follower of ours and TFOs for sure. And I know they both want to see Latanzio get this this deal over the line. And so the question is, what do you think is the reasoning behind not having signed Laddie yet? And I kind of like that nickname, Laddie. I do you know? too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it reminds me of like uh, an Irishman, yo, yeah. Laddie. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. It's like, yeah. it's like an, sign an the Laddie. <laughs> um, I, I will say, my answer is the, the reason is because the the right parties are not in place to execute the contract. It's been very busy over the last three weeks here in Charlotte for David Tepper. Right. I, I think he's been dealing with the Panthers. He's been firing people. <laughs> I, I think that the club probably has an idea of what they want this contract to look like. I think Christian Latanzio has an idea of what he wants this contract to look like. We talked on the last episode, Danny about potentially Latanzio wanting to make sure that the financial backing is there in order to buy players, which is very typical when it comes to signing a new manager and getting a contract done. The other side of that coin is, though, waiting for the right PR moment. I don't know. To me, it just it's, it's like in anybody's line of work, you know, when the administrative bullshit takes too long. I think that's where we're at with this. Yeah. How do you how do you hit, hit the announcement for maximum effect and things like that? Do you think the the not the, do you think the blame or the the you know sort of does it is it the slowdown more attributed to a Latanzio himself, b the club not quite being ready to have their shit together, or c just the process? Where where do you assign the most of that impact? Latanzio, you think he's waiting to see? He needs to see the financial commitment to the play, to the signings and, and everything before he officially signs on. I, If he hasn't seen a contract in front of him at this point yet, that's yeah. absurd. Yeah, good point. So, like, I, I'd like to think that, like, he got a DocuSign. <laughs> and, like, he's working with his lawyers and his agents yeah. to, like, look at it yeah. and make sure that it's right. That being said, if he hasn't received that yet, man, this... Tepper Sports and Entertainment and Organization is worse than I thought it was. Next question. Jonathan Potta, Potta Bread, he writes in, he says, who y'all pulling for in the playoffs? So, for me, I love Austin FC. I, I, they're, they're my team in the West, but I'm actually kind of pulling for Philly. I, I, I have selfish reasons. I know you're a Philly guy, so like you, <laughs> I assume you're cheering for Philly. I want to see you happy because you're my boy. And if Philly was to host MLS Cup, I could see there's a chance. That feels like attainable. I could maybe make the, make the game and maybe get a chance to go to the game. We'll see. That's that's a few few uh, steps down the line away. But I kind of selfishly would love to see Philly host it and win it. Well, at this point, it's uh, nil-nil. Yeah, yeah, they still have Cincinnati. But pulling for Philly, I think, is the right move. And Philly also would be my dream final. Let's put it that way. 
it's a tough question because honestly, like, I'm not necessarily pulling for for a squad. Like, I can get on board with the Philly thing, right? I can get on Plus, board with that. How great would it be to say we we beat the champions four 0 and just absolutely destroyed them? You know, like that that's kind of nice too. Danny, Danny Rios put up four on the MLS Cup champs. I like that. Tell me how this goes over with you because I'm not really sure. But you know who I'm kind of pulling for? Is FC Dallas. That doesn't go over. That goes over well with me like a lead fucking balloon. I. <laughs> so my, my best friend, my college roommate, is an FC Dallas shareholder. And I, I hope you're not listening to this, uh, Dr. Street. Uh, but... Uh, uh, Fuck FC Dallas. Like, like I, I hate FC okay, Dallas. Okay, let me let me give you my reason. I hate Dallas. First off, I hate Dallas. As a Fort Worth boy, as a TCU graduate, like I just hate Dallas <laughs> in general, right? So, okay. as, and I like uh, Jesus Ferreira, and as far as as a U.S. men's national player, I don't really like Pauli Ariola. I, I just FC Dallas. Hear me out. Go here. fuck yourself. This has nothing to do with the city of Dallas. I hope not. Well, they play in Frisco, so yeah. It has everything wanting. It has everything to do with wanting Jesus Fiera, Ferreira, Ferreira. Ferreira yeah. Thank you, Jesus Ferreira. Heading into World Cup camp, feeling good, feeling confident, feeling like a goal scorer, and feeling like he wants to score against Wales. Like that to me is is why I'm like. If Dallas plays well, wins the cup, he scores in the in the MLS Cup final, and then goes into the World Cup camp, shows up against Wales, bags a goal, starts against England. Who the fuck knows what could happen? England's back line is in complete shambles. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like some lucid dreams, my friend. <laughs> it's true. I don't hate it. It's true. That's why I'm laughing. I hate but, it. But, but I'm, I'm dreaming yeah. of that scenario. Sam's I'm, army, baby, all I'm, the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally dreaming of that scenario. Hey, at the end of the day, I'm a massive United States men's national team fan. I am. I, the last time the club was in the World Cup, I just remember nothing but glory. Just like, just, just the national anthem hits. Yeah. You're in the World Cup, yeah. and it's like, this is it. Yeah, it was a long time ago. And, <laughs> I know, and that's why I'm so excited. Yeah. From a month from to a month, basically from tomorrow. Yeah, is this first match against Wales? Bring it on! And then you get three points there. Then you're going against England, and it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the the first match in a in a group stage for you know three games four uh, opponents like set up. Yeah, you got to win that first game, and Wales is beatable for sure. JPP, James Paul Perez. Uh, Rachel asked me the other day, does anybody call him JPP? <laughs> we didn't answer that. I don't know. Yeah, it's I was a, like, it's a I good do. question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's James uh, Paul Perez, yeah. Means more to win. Supporter Shield or MLS Cup? I heard this question being asked on the Total Soccer Show really? a few weeks ago. Okay. And I thought there were some interesting answers. Where do you stand? I would say it depends on how much of an MLS nerd you are, basically. If you're yeah, I, I, I would actually I would love to hear your answer to this question, your honest answer, because I think if you're really into sort of in the weeds and like just love MLS and like cheer for MLS above everything else, your answer would be the supporter shield. Because you kind of like many fans of clubs that win the supporter shield, the, the tradition is that the, the supporter shield team rarely wins MLS Cup. So what happens is 
fans of that, that, that best record team start this narrative of like, well, it's so much harder. It's just so much harder to win the supporters' shield over the course of a season than to get hot in a single elimination play. It's not wrong. They're not so, wrong. Right, exactly. And they're not wrong. So I, I'm with – I fall on that side of the thing. My answer is supporters' shield. What's your answer? Well, the way that the question is posed I think is important here. As far as means more. MLS Cup means more. It is the title. You're, I mean, Supporters' yeah. shield – might be more impressive, but MLS Cup means more to your franchise. That's true. They're both trophies. What means more to me is a whole different fucking question, right? What means more to Charlotte FC? Being the Supporters' Shield champion or winning MLS Cup? I think that they want the MLS Cup trophy in that building. Yeah. It's the American way, right, is to, is to, is to value that knockout tournament title at the end, like, Think about NCAA basketball tournament, the March Madness. Like, what, you can, it's not about who wins your regular season conference record. It's about who wins March Madness. What means more to me is probably the supporter shield, and I, and I agree with you in that. In that, yeah. like, like it's a it's a representation of a full body of work. Right. Let's just say smart people think it's the supporter shield. <laughs> and instant gratification dummies think it's the MLS Cup. I don't know. I don't know. Not, not, <laughs> sorry to be insulting any dummies out there. I've got my days where I, I feel like one. Uh, Michael Volak, uh, at M. Volak on Twitter. Uh, he tweets in. He says, um, always great to hear from, from you, Michael. Will all, With all the locations you've uh, recorded from, what are the top three you'd recommend to the TIFOs to grab a brew in the CLT? It's a good question. Number one, Triple C. Got to go. Got to just throw Triple C out there. These will be in no particular order, but Triple C does is an obvious, obvious choice. Number two, it's got to be OMB. OMB is another obvious. I mean, you can't. You can't not go to OMB and grab a brew. It's just, it's just, it, and the, the good thing about these two locations, they're both central. They're both in that lower south end area, so they're they're kind of detached from uptown, but not so far south. They're just easy to get to, easy to get out of. Number three, you start to open up some. So number three is open for debate. It is. Yeah, I agree. And I want to go with. I want to go to Plaza. And I want to go to that little spot that's just off Central Avenue. What's the place we went? Catawba. Catawba. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I drew a blank for a second. No, no, no. no yeah, yeah, Catawba. It's like a block and a half off of Central Avenue, and it might as well be the other side of the world. It was absolutely like just a... <laughs> it was, a, uh, it was, it was like detaching yourself from every... It's like a little nature preserve right in the middle of the city. It's just a, such a great scene. I loved Catawba. And it wasn't probably not my favorite beers. I wouldn't say necessarily any of those beers compete for beers of the season, but the setting was just so nice, and it's what's jumping out of my mind. Obviously, I've had nothing but high praise for Heist yeah. and a million other places around town. But, but those are three great. Catawba was. Ooh. I, I I will agree with you on OMB and Triple C. Like, right? They might be two. They may not be number one, but they're in the top three. Yeah, yeah, sure. like yeah. Those are the two. Like, if you haven't been to either of those breweries, get your ass there now. And just enjoy it. Kick back, relax. Bring your dog. If you've got a yeah. dog, bring your dog. Yeah. Number three for me, it's a heist. 
property, but it's not. It's not Noda Heist. Right. It's Camp North End Heist Barrel Arts. Yeah, the Barrel Arts. Remember that day we were there? Oh, we forget oh. that. Yeah, that was a. He- I remember that was one of our healing episodes after yeah. a particular. I think it was after the Toronto loss, if I'm not mistaken. Heist and Barrel Arts is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, right, it, right north of Camp North End there. Very much like Catawba, it kind of transports you away from the city. It does. It's like a, a, a very uh, just sort of ethereal type of like tree tree surrounded place in the middle of totally. town. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I loved Barrel Arts as well too. So it's got a great name too. Yeah. And their food is and, good. Their beer is and good. And there's live music going. Remember the, the yeah. live Oh, yeah. Music live band was, really was, nice. was crushing. Yeah. Yeah. It was so. absolutely crushing. Great question, Michael. I uh, appreciate you, you you saying that. Elevation Jones, he says, is Pepsi ever okay? No. Uh, if it's wild, I'll drink wild cherry Pepsi. But regular oh, Pepsi. okay. That's yeah, a good flex. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, a good flex. Yeah. Nobody, like, goes to a, a, a fast food joint and, or, like... And gets in the drive through lane and rolls out their window and says, yeah, I'll have a Pepsi with Yeah, exactly. It's like, if you have to ask, then it's not okay. <laughs> you know, obviously. That was his first question. We'll let him have another one. He says, uh, does Rios have a future in Charlotte? I think both you and I say yes to that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think... He came on so powerfully so late, if, and he, like I've said before, he almost played his way into a contract extension beyond just the option. You you, know, if yeah. I was working for the, the club in a physio role, right, which is actually like, it reminds me, you know, it's like back in the day I'm thinking about this, is that our... The, <laughs> Philadelphia Union's physio, I know pretty well. I, I really? know pretty well. He, he's no longer yeah. working there. But the trainer, yeah. the, the person that gets you in the, the gym, the person that works you out, decides exactly what your performance is, your performance plan is. Um, he he coached me in high school football, believe it or not. Got a job at the Philadelphia Union. Brilliant. And if I'm that person for Charlotte FC, I got one thing I want to do with Danny Rios. I want to get him fucking yokes. <laughs> just all all upper body every day. You know, oh my! Time God. to skip leg day and just go big, big, big. Like yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure that your that your stamina is there, uh-huh. right? That you are still physically fit and peak yeah. performance, and you can play for 90 minutes if you had to. But I want people bouncing off your upper body. Yeah, you want that neck, those ne- that neck popping for sure. Like, Shoulders just out of the freaking. Galaxy. Think about Adama Traore. That yeah. type of vibe. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I like, like I want, I, yeah. like, you know, we call him the bouncer. And I'm serious. Like, it, it, part of the reason why we do is because he's one of the strongest guys on our team. There's no doubt about that, as he is now. But bulk that, bulk, right. bulk those shoulder, shoulders up. stronger, yeah. It, it, let's get it to where instead of him having to bounce guys around, guys are just bouncing off of him. You know, <laughs> let's, let's uh, adapt the bouncer for sure. Uh, ben at Tots00 tweets in. He says, who's a player in MLS you would most like us to go after? Let's think of someone attainable. Not Vela. Carlos Vela from, from LAFC. Right. Like, realistically, like, is there someone in MLS that you think if – if you could go get, you would get. Like, I'm not saying that this is possible, but like if you were pulling the strings and you wanted to go get somebody that 
that could really make a difference on this club, who would it be? So I think this guy would be gettable. And I think he would help us. He's a guy that played pretty well against us in a sub role at least once that I remember off the top of my head. I think we could try to... I don't know how realistic this is, but it's more realistic than Vela and Hanny. Let's just put it that way. I think it'd be great to go try to steal Marcelino Moreno from Atlanta United. Uh, Atlanta Moreno, I believe he's on a DP. I could be wrong there. I'd have to look that up. Uh, but I bo He's one of their main guys, but he doesn't get a ton of minutes because he kind of does similar things to what some of their other DPs do in terms of uh, Tiago Amada and Luis Arujo. Like, so Moreno kind of is this sort of odd man out in their rotation of attacking mids, but he's also like a little bit of a hard man. He's also like not afraid of a foul. I would love to take someone away from Atlanta. So if we were going to go in, in the league and go get someone, I'd say let's go try to steal Marcelino Moreno. He doesn't get as regular minutes with Atlanta as he deserves. And I'd love to see him come in here and just kind of strengthen our midfield a little bit. And, you know, I, who knows what the future holds, but he's someone who's probably better at this particular moment than Nuno Santos is. So I would say, let's, let, you know, that's someone I'd go get. Anybody you got your eye on? There's one person that came to mind for me, and the only issue is I believe he said that he doesn't want to play in MLS next year. And it's Victor Wanyama. Oh, yeah, of course you would say Wanyama, no doubt. Your boy. I know he's leaving Montreal. I don't know if he wanted to, I don't know if he wanted to stay in MLS. He's definitely leaving Montreal. I'm not sure if he's going to uh, stay in MLS or not. So, yeah, talk about a hard man. Yeah, that, that guy's a hard man for sure. He, he would teach Derek Jones. Like, Derek Jones would probably have to go be benched behind Wanyama, yeah. but he would learn so much that he would just become an absolute destroyer, more so than he already is. Jorge Torres tweets us. He says... <clears throat> How can we get Charlotte FC to hire me as the video coordinator that they have open right now? We paying, uh, am I getting an agent's cut on this, Jorge? What the fuck? <laughs> You're trying to get me to get you a job? Well, send me your resume. I'll see what I can do. Just make sure I get that 10%. Yeah, at For the Crown Baby. <laughs> yeah, send send yeah, us your resume. Exactly, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll hire you to our crack staff where you get paid absolutely nothing. No, if you want me to call Charlotte FC on your behalf and try to get the video coordinator job, that's great. Just know that I'm getting 10% of whatever they <laughs> offer you if you're going to try to put it on me to yeah, get you the job. That, you know? That's yeah. how it works in this business yeah. if you have an agent. Um, you mentioned the footballista. Who, queen. Uh, the Queen Footballista. That's a new Twitter handle? Is she yeah, updating oh, yeah. that? She, she, uh, there's an update. An update has happened by Andy, <laughs> for sure. She says, hypothetically, if we had finished seventh instead of Orlando and we had played Montreal, what do you think would have been the result? I think the city of Montreal would have been wiped off the map. We would have gone in there and absolutely destroyed them. And the stadium would have imploded on our way out as our bus drove away back to the airport and they would cease to exist as a franchise. Fuck Montreal. Victor Wanyama probably would have had something to say about that. Um, but I, I think it would have, the way that we ended the season, I think it would have been a great match. I'll say this. It's tough to beat a team three times in a season, and they absolutely crushed us twice, <laughs> so I like our chances in match three. Yeah, it's a good question, Andy. I appreciate you. And um, Nick Youngblood, this, this, this is maybe my favorite question. How are the playoffs going for Atlanta United this year? Oh, oh I get it. I get it. I get it. Well, I think, uh, you know, Brad Guzan had a, bit, had a killer uh, party, uh, invited everyone over, but the problem was they were going to have a picnic lunch and watch some playoff games, and the wind 
came and just blew everything off the table, and uh, the wind got Guzan again, and they weren't able to do it. Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> well said. Well said. Um, dude, I'll say this, is that I know for a fact, right, that Atlanta United fans will never in a million years admit this, but the fact that we finished ahead of them this year is like a total gut punch. Right. Yeah, you know, you know how much it kills them by how hard they're working to convince us that they don't care. A hundred percent. It's it's every, a, it's amazing. Every time we post a tweet from our show account at For the Crown Baby that like takes a dig at Atlanta, someone Atlanta fan has to jump in the replies and be like, "Oh yeah, like we really care so much about that. Whatever, you're just Charlotte. We're and it's like, no, you care. Trust me, we know you care. They'll always be like. Oh, I can't believe you care so much about beating us. Well, yeah, goddamn right we care. You're our freaking rival. Like, you know? Like, I'm that city, bitch. I am I'm not that guy that gets on social media and does banter every day. In fact, I would prefer not to do that. But like there's even though you're good at it, even though it's it's an art form you're not you're not uh, lacking skill in. I, I love Atlanta United banner. I fucking love it, dude. It's so pure for me. I, I literally just it hits so right yeah. every single time. Yeah. I really don't have any other. I don't. I have no interest in talking shit to like anybody else in MLS. Right. Yeah, Orlando, whatever. Who cares? Cincinnati, Nashville, you're fine. You're great. Atlanta, get fuck yourself. <laughs> last question from at the last wall on Twitter. Uh, he says, "What position would you use the last DP spot on?" I've already uh, said I, I think it should be striker. Do, do you think that? If it's not striker, is there another position out there? Just, just an out and out badass. Like not like what we have is a lot of depth, like above average depth at the wings. Camille, McKenzie, Kerwin, Jordi, Reyna. Like all those guys are good. I would love to just use a DP spot on one guy who's like way better than all those guys and like is obviously like. Yeah. The go-to guy on the wing and like undeniable starting winger, beating everyone with their footwork and their speed combined, whipping in balls, making like just wowing us constantly. Like with oh he decided to cross this time. Oh this time he beat him off the dribble. You know, oh this time he worked a little one-two or a nutmeg. Like like we need that like whoa winger. That's who we need. I love all our wingers, but I would love for them to all be fighting for second best oh. on the squad. It'd be amazing. We already have a superstar. On the wing. <laughs> we, he's a budding superstar. He's on the way. Gaines will get there. Trust me. I have no doubt about it. But he I, needs someone on the other side of him. I'm just giving you show on this episode. I love Mackenzie Gaines. I hope that he comes into his own. Um, and I've got high expectations for him as, as well as you. And he could play his, What if he played his way into the DP contract? If he was that good, that'd be nothing but good things for Charlotte. I mean, you know, Austin gave a DP contract to Alex Ring who is a defensive midfielder after their first year, which is a really dumb bit of business for, as far as I'm concerned. Like, I don't want to see us do that. No, that's not going to happen. But, no chance. But one of our attackers could play. But I'm, I'm just using that example to say that players do play their way into a DP spot. And, I, you know, I wouldn't waste it on a defensive midfielder, but if Gaines truthfully and, like, no doubt, like everyone agreed, earned his way into that DP spot, that would mean very good things for Charlotte FC. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams, we're here. We're at Town Brewing. It's been a fantastic evening. The beer has been undeniable. And Philadelphia just scored. We've got a goal. And we do have a goal. Live and update time. Danny Bram's trip to Subaru Park. To 
it's got as one step as closer as to this point. <laughs> and I think there's a, a little birdie told me that I might be joining you up there if that happens. The details to come. Uh, we'll, we'll leave it as a tease for now, but things could be happening. Let's just say everybody cheer against LAFC and for the union, and good things could be happening for sure. Follow us on Twitter. Remember, you can always drop us questions. doesn't have to be when we ask for questions for the podcast. We're always there enjoying the conversation, especially the off-season conversation. Danny Brams has been, and I have been doing this for a long time. Off-season content, some of our favorite content. Right. right? Exactly. You can talk about games in season, sure. Right? But in the off-season, we can talk about anything. We can have a good time. And I think I enjoyed the first segment of the show, but I almost enjoyed the second segment a little bit more. We'll be back here on the show next week, no doubt about that. I'm heading up to Philly next Thursday. Hoping to make sure to get an episode recorded before then, before I get out of town. Anything uh, left on the docket tonight that you that you've got that you want to let the the audience know about? We did. We just briefly we did tease a quick update on the bracket challenge. Yes, thank you. We tweeted about it, so you, anybody that was super involved probably didn't miss it. But shout out to Kevin Five and Two Project, the the very best independently operating photographer. Who, take, who chronicles this team? His shots are amazing. I'm only biased because he's taken some incredible photos of me that I that I'm <laughs> very happy to have as well. So shout out to you, Kevin. You're the man, and you you nailed the perfect first round. Perfect, you, yeah, perfect yeah. first round. That's impressive. But I can see that just you know I'm not afraid to give anything. Away. Kevin's actually got Philly Union winning the, winning the title in his bracket, which I don't. Well, I oh. mentioned that I'm cheering for Philly, but I actually don't. They're not my pick. You can look it up on there, but my pick was Austin to win it all because I just. I'm feeling Austin, but they, the, the match could be played at... If Austin and Philly are in the final, that match will be at Subaru Park, and I'll be there. So you've got Austin, Kevin's got Philly, and I've got Montreal. Montreal's no slouch. Montreal could get there, so... Uh, shout out to Danny Brackett. Shout out to Ted for the Crown VA. Shout out to... I think this is, this is our guy, uh, sports addict, Colin Beat Brams at the Bank, trolling me with his... His entry, putting the bank into the entry name. I mean, what can you do there? Uh, I, I get it, but I hate it. But I kind of still love you anyway. But best person to enter the the uh, the, the picks pool. We tweeted this. Uh, our friend Martin and Martin. I said, Martin, you, you're a zero of the pool. You didn't actually enter any teams in your bracket, but you have the best name for your bracket entry, which is just Atlanta sucks in all caps. I think that's a good place to end it. Martin wins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You win the pool even with zero points. I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Brams. Follow me on Twitter at John Hayes on air. Follow Danny Brams at Danny Brams as well. Use hashtag for the crown. Keep up with this squad. There's going to be a lot of news and notes that happen over the next couple weeks, and especially at that manager role. We got to figure this out, Danny. And at some point, we've got to put some feelers out there within the organization to say what's the holdup. Because I'm starting to get a little antsy. By this time next week, it could be official. It could be. And we're going to be at another brewery, as we always are. There's just a lot of them out there, Danny Brams. Yeah, if you're a brewery that wants to give us free drinks to come record at uh, Hook, is, you know, shout out. Our, our DMs are open. Let's just put it that way. And we'll leave it at this. This is the Charlotte Soccer Show, an independent podcast. And until next time, for the crown, baby.